Hey everybody, welcome back to The Hustle, it's John Lamoureux. Okay, this week is a blast. We are talking to Genya Raven. Now, you may not even know who that is, but she is an absolute pioneer of rock and roll. So let me just lay out a few of the key points on her resume. First of all, discovered on a dare in the late 50s, early 60s by Richard Perry. That's a name who's come up a lot on here. He was a big deal back in the day. She went on to front the first ever all-girl band Goldie and the Gingerbreads. She went by the name Goldie back then. They last a few years. That's a big deal. Then she leaves them and she goes on to front another incredible band called Ten Wheel Drive. That We've been talking about Woodstock a lot lately. They were invited to play Woodstock. It didn't work out. She tells the story here. They were like a bluesy, jazzy, pub rock kind of band. Really excellent. They last a few years and then she leaves and she basically goes solo. She's put out a bunch of solo albums, from back in the day anyway, and they're all great, especially the last two that come out in the latter half of the 70s. The first one is Urban Desire. It includes the track you're listening to right here, Back in My Arms Again, a perfect song and an excellent cover of a great tune. If you like that time in the late 70s when there was an intersection of glam and new wave, and punk and blues and all these things were kind of coming together that's what she was doing and doing really really well i highly recommend urban desire the follow-up is almost as good and it's called and i mean it and that was basically it for her recording career for a long time but i think maybe the coolest thing on her resume get this she produced the first dead boys album with stiv baders young loud and snotty one of the greatest punk albums of all time and it was produced by a woman which shouldn't be a big deal but unfortunately it is so good for her right she wrote her autobiography a few years ago it's called the lollipop lounge at the time of this recording i had not read it yet but i'm reading it now and it's a blast it reads just like she comes off in this interview which is so full of energy and life i gotta give you a heads up the audio on this is a little off. I don't know why. I recorded it the same way I record everything else. She is loud and clear. I come off a little faint in a few spots. So if you're not listening to this on headphones, maybe you should. I don't know. Anyway, this was a listener request. Tony Sprilia. Hopefully I'm saying that right, Tony. There's a funny, uh, men- when I mentioned Tony in this interview, her reaction is hilarious, by the way. Uh, you nailed it, Tony, with this one. Nailed it. 
She called me from her home in New York City. Well, for starters, the, the, I think the biggest question I have for you is how does the girl that starts the girl group go on to be the punk rock producer? But I have a feeling if we dig into your <laughs> your whole history, that yeah. the answer will be sort of indirectly come to light. So we got to start with what I think is, I don't know if this is true or if this is like some the best rock and roll mythology, but did your whole career really start with a dare in a club? Yes. Honestly. Yes, absolutely on a dare. That is, that's like the perfect rock and roll story. You know that, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. And, it was, you know, it went to it, there. And, well, wait a minute. The, the, the best is, though, that who I jumped up on stage with on a dare, okay, uh-huh. uh, was Richard Perry. Do you know who he is? I do. And I was going to ask you about He's come up many times on this podcast. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. He just happened to be there, or what? Tell- it was his group. It was it was a group called the Escorts. Uh huh. Okay, and they were playing doo-wop, which is what I grew up to. Okay. Yeah, if you read my book, you would have known this. I pulled on his jacket while they were playing, saying, "I want to sing." Oh. <laughs> oh. I'm his friends saying like. Well, it was my friends. It, it yeah. was my friends. I was sitting at the table. We were drinking, we were dancing, we were having a good time, and the more I drank, the more I sang along while they were singing, while they were playing to my girlfriends at the table. Uh They said, get up there and sing. I said, get out of here. They said, no, get up and sing. I dare you. I said, you dare me? That's all I ever had to hear was you, I dare you. I would have done anything on a dare, anything. So, yeah, that's, that's how that went down, my dear. And then when he came over at their break, he came over and said, what do you want to sing? I said, I don't care. Let's do Stupid Cupid, you know, <laughs> the old Stupid Cupid song. Stupid sure. Cupid. You ever All right. So I get up on stage and he goes, what key? And I went, what do you need my key for? <laughs> I thought he meant he wanted a key to my place or something. Of I thought course. he was coming on to me. That's right. And I said, I don't know. He said, okay, you sing, we'll follow. And so I did, and they did. And the place went nuts, and I did a second song. Right. I did Lonely Nights by the Hearts. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And the next thing I know is Richard Perry asks me for my number. Of course. Of course, Richie was, you know, very young, and so was I. He asked me for my number. He said he was here on a college break in the summer, and uh, he loved my voice. So I gave, I didn't give it a, a second thought. Well, sure. make a long story short, I wound up singing with them, and we had a number one record in Detroit, Ohio, and parts of Canada. That I had nuts. no idea what I was doing. Which one None. is uh, it's somewhere is the number one hit, Yeah. Right?
Catholic dawn. See, you know. You did your homework. Of course I did. Yeah, I did my homework. I know what's going on. But I am curious. I mean, did you have any intentions of pursuing a music career? No, not at all. Not at all. No, it was total. Uh, it was total innocence. Total, uh, you know, just go straight ahead. I knew I was seventeen and I needed to make a living. Sure, That's all sure. I knew because I had not- already run away from home and everything oh, else. So really, I had on a motorcycle. Yeah, on a Harley oh, Davidson. Yeah, I, I ran away. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you got now. I don't know. Tell me what exactly a cheesecake girl is. I have a feeling I know, but you tell me. You give me the definition. Okay, I will tell you. That's exactly what I was doing. Cheesecake photography. Um, when uh, you know, before I, I was getting a hundred bucks an hour. Do you know what crazy. that's like in the fifties? No. Do you have any idea? <laughs> that was imagine. like making five thousand dollars. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I was a kid, and for me to make that kind of money to take my top off, yeah. Cheesecake is like what Playboy was okay. and Nugget Magazine, all of those, are not, which I was in. Really? It, so Cheesecake is where you don't show your pubic hair. Ah, got it. Okay. It's okay. just sexy shots, not sure. not naked and obscene. But I did wind up on a detective magazine with a gun in my stocking and a garter belt. <laughs> and I'll never forget, we were on tour with my Goldie and the Gingerbreads, and Margot yeah. sees the magazine and went, oh, my God, oh, my God, how do we get this off the stands? <laughs> there I was, like a hooker on a step sitting there with a, with a gun in my stocking. Yeah, it was so funny. Now, one thing that I, I from looking at, first of all, I got to say, this is going to sound really funny, because I've been listening yeah. to your music a lot lately, especially the yeah. Cheesecake Girl album. Oh, I'm glad you did that, yeah. Oh, I, I bought the two big ones, uh, and I mean it, and Urban. Uh, Urban Desire, my favorite Desire, albums, yes, yes. Yes, yes. I'm going to ask you about both those here in a minute. But oh, yeah, okay. But I Thank like you. Because I've been looking at your website and pictures uh-huh. and your album, I feel like I've been staring at your belly button for the last couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I know it intimately. <laughs> you would thing. know me. You would know my belly button anywhere. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Oh, that is so funny. Okay, then I'm going to check if you're right. Do I have an innie or an Audi? Oh, you have an innie. And it's like, Thank it's, you. I, I All right. All right, this is not fair. You got to send me a picture of your belly button. Oh no, no, no! No, you have to. This is not right. This is just not fair. It's not fair. Oh, I didn't know what I was getting into when I mentioned. Yeah, really. You don't want it. Trust me, you do not want it. Oh, oh, come on. Belly button is a good thing. It's a good thing. It's got what got us here, you know. Absolutely, very true. But I just think yeah. it's funny because, you know, you've got your, on your website, you've got that picture. It's a collage of you and uh, there's you as a pinup and there's you as a rock yep. star on this one collage. Yep. And you're looking so good. And I'm yep. just thinking, what would have happened if you hadn't gone into music? I mean, you're. You know what? Baby. I don't what know. I could have. You know something? I don't know what would have happened, you know, because those were the forks in life. As a yeah. as a young girl, you know, I could have gone the other way. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Even though I was still a virgin, believe it or not, 
All that cheesecake modeling, and I had yeah. never, ever, you know, been with anybody. Wow. Not for not trying. Sure. Just couldn't do it, really? you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's in my book. you got to read okay. my book. Tell your people to get Lollipop Lounge. Oh, you know, no that's kidding. the name no of the book. Kidding. Yeah. I, know. I want it. Um, yeah. So anyway, so 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 what happened is I could have gone a whole nother way. Who knows? Yeah. You know what I mean? I was like already under cameras, uh, doing nudies. I could have wound up in porno. Who knows? Who knows, right? Well, because you, you know? seem, and again, I'm I'm just a guy studying yeah. you from abroad, but I I you seem very open, kind of sexually. You were there in the. You were with the gods of rock. I'm not saying sexually oh, with them, but you. Absolutely. You know, pictures of you and Mick Jagger looking cozy. Well, some of them I was there with sexually, so let's not get too there crazy. Okay, okay. <laughs> but I mean, you were there during the. You were, hey, I mean, hey, baby, the '60s were good to me. Okay. I it. Okay. I, it. I, I didn't that. say I was still a virgin. All right. No, no. <laughs> That went out the window very quickly. Yeah, that uh, sure did. Right. After a while, it right. did. Yeah. But, you know, when right. I found out, I liked it. Yeah. yeah Go ahead. What? Right. Right. <laughs> so but I'm watching this clip of you of Goldie and the Gingerbreads on that Dudley mm-hmm. Moore show. You're just looking so cute and bright and oh young. Oh my God! Clean. I know, with my hair top, spray net city, baby. It was spray yeah. net city those days. My hair top to, 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 to the ceiling. That's you know, crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was crazy. But then, I mean, it just, I, again, I <laughs> I go back and I watch this clip and I wonder how the girl yeah. singing "Can't You Hear My Heartbeat" goes on to produce <laughs> the Dead Boys. But well, that's easy. That's an easy answer. You want to hear it? Yes, I do, because there's an evolution. They are the epitome of what my childhood was. Really? I was a punk. I was a punk. All teenagers are punks. And then multiply that with being on stage, knowing, you know, and under cameras, knowing poses and knowing how you should look and the images and then the rock and roll sounds, which is what I come from, you know, and, and all of my experience by then went into the dead boys as it did with Ronnie Spector and everybody else that I produced, you know? So yeah. And and the dead boys were so, that's one of the best uh, punk albums out there. Still is. 
You know this, Still right? is, yes. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Cheetah and I talk about it all the time, you know. Uh, I mean, it's like uh, it was just not only the material, but just that rawness that I allowed to happen. You know, I say I allowed because I was on both sides of those glasses at that point, you know. Really? I was the rock and roller on stage, and then I was the producer making them sound like they you know like they're live and they're yes. kicking and they're 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 excited yes. and excitable and and I kept that going I was their audience I was their mother I was their father I was their shrink I was their dealer I was everything you know for them I was everything for them oh my god you know you I called Hilly I called Hilly on the phone and I said get some beer over here we're on our third song you know, really? stuff like that. Oh yeah. Then Hilly walks in with the with with the Hell's Angels, okay? Uh-huh. And I was a very tough producer. And I turned around in front of the Hell's Angels and in front of the Dead Boys and everybody had their mouths open. They couldn't believe I did that. Yeah. I said, Everybody shut up in this room or get out <laughs> And then I said to Hilly, I said, Get get them out. I don't want anybody in this room while they're performing because I have them under control, which is what it's all about. You know, so uh, organization is what makes a good record aside from the fact that, you know, it's a combination that breeds the success. They had the songs. I had the, I had the uh, ears. I, you know, it, it all went the way it was supposed to and faster than they could imagine. When it was done, they said, that's it. I went, that's it. Crazy. You know, yeah. Crazy. I had them. It, it was how one of the best happen? albums. Yeah. How did that even? Ha- how was your name? Well, brought up as an option. And it, okay. I, I think uh, I read somewhere that they, of course, understandably, they were a little apprehensive. Is, is no, they, the right no, no, they were not apprehensive at all, which is why that album came out so oh, good. Oh, good. Oh, not yeah. at all. They they were managed by Hilly Crystal, owner of CBGBs, okay? Yep, yep. Hilly called me up, and he says, I want you to come hear this group. I think they're so charming. <laughs> charming. <laughs> Is that the right fucking word for them? Excuse my language. You're going to have to beep that out, I guess. No, no, no. Well, oh, all right, good. Yeah. Well, let me tell you, well, because, you know, that word is like my, my fourth word in my vocabulary here. But anyway, <laughs> um, let it rain. I, <laughs> I love you. You are cool. I got to see a picture of you. You sound wonderful. Okay. All right, good. Oh, yeah, so Hilly calls me, and he called a couple of times. He says, the dead boys are back in from Cleveland. I really would like for you to catch them. Tell me what you think. So I go down to, you know, go to CBGB's, of course, to hear the dead boys, because when Hilly likes something, there's usually uh, there's something there I like. Okay, so, yeah, because I've produced a lot of stuff for him. So what happened was I'm standing there by the sound guy in the middle of the room at CBGB's and listening to the dead boys with everybody knows you were caught with the meat in your mouth, Sonic Reduced, all of those songs I'm going, charming, huh? Sonic Producer 
This is very charming. I look over at uh, at Hilly and I go, "Are you fucking crazy?" You said charming. He goes, "There's a charm about them." I said, "I know what you're talking about. There is a no. There is. There's a rock and roll punky charm about them, and that's what I remembered when I was producing them. Mm. There was this, you know, it made. And I'll tell you something. Stiv knew exactly who I was and told me that he really? used to see me in magazines and teen magazines and read about Goldie and the Gingerbread. Well, the thing is, also, Stiv was a real rock and roll junkie. You know, yeah, I mean, like he yeah. really, he knew his, his you know, he knew people. He knew yeah. who, what record, what year. Some people just got that talent. He right. did. Now, they respected me from minute one because, oh, number one, I got uh, spec time at Electric Lady, which they never even dreamed of going oh, to. Yeah. So, so I mean, a lot, of, a lot of stuff was a big surprise to them, and they thought they hit the mother load. Good. Which is why they listened to me. See, Good. after that album, Loudon's, uh, Young Loud and Snotty, I wouldn't have wanted to work with them. They got so full of themselves, it would have really? been ridiculous. Well, I that listen, listen to that now. second album, and you'll you'll hear it. I do. You'll hear I it. By then, they were all they were all uh, doping, and they were dope fiends, and and you know to get together with you know Felix, it, it, it yeah. happened. You know, it got worse, and no, they didn't come out with a really good record. And uh, Cheetah tells me that he was saying, "Let's get Kenya, let's get Kenya," and yeah. I'll tell you. Hilly was not a businessman, okay? Yeah, well, obviously, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like, you know, what he should have done was cover my ass so that I had the next two albums, because yeah. I did this for nothing for him. Oh, really? You know? Oh, yeah. Now, is that your first big production job? No. Or had you been doing other... No, I already did Urban Desire, and I mean it. Really? And, I thought uh, Urban Desire was, like, was the next year, No. No, let me oh, see. Okay. Urban Desire was 1980 or 79. And Young, uh, Loud, and Snotty is 77. 77, so I did do them first. Yeah, I thought you did. See, I'm, I'm getting really, like, fucking forgetful here. My God. This is what age does. You know, not oh, only know. does gravity make everything go south, okay? But right. now I'm getting my Dead Boys and Urban Desire mixed up, so... <laughs> Oh, okay. I'll show you where the gun is. Come get me. No, no, no way. Not yet. Not yet. Okay, so I can ask you about another yeah. job. You don't, you don't yeah. know this, but I've had some people who know you on this podcast, and I reached out to them to ask yeah. them specifically about you. And okay. one of them was uh, a great guy, Arthur Alexander, 
who was the guitarist. Oh, I love Arthur. I love Arthur. Yeah. And he mentioned to me that you had produced their demo, their first demo, right? Yeah, yeah, I did. He also claimed that he he felt like the Sorrows were sort of instrumental in kind of bringing you or introducing you into the CBGB scene. Would that have been accurate, or were you already kind of there? No, that's not accurate at all. No. Because he was a little hurt that he wasn't that they weren't mentioned in your book. <laughs> but I, oh, really? Yeah, oh, yeah. well, uh, you know, this was a big deal to them, but it wasn't to me. I hate to yeah. say that, no, but it's no. true. Yeah, it was not a big deal to me to do the sorrows. You know, I yeah. I took I took I had a crush on uh, Joey Cola at the time. Did you? That's how that happened. Okay. And uh, matter of fact, Joey Cola was responsible for me writing my song, Jerry's Pigeon. Bring it back to me. What I am the most. What I used to be. That was about Cola. That that he made me feel that way. Yeah. And that you know. Uh huh. Fascinating. Oh. Yeah. I love Jerry Pigeons. By the way, that's one of my favorite songs. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you bring it back to me. Was all when I was sitting in a diner with uh, Joey Cola from the Sorrows. Uh I looked over at him, and there he was with his uh, black leather jacket. And, uh, you know, with goo-goo eyes, and uh-huh. so was I. And I said, oh, boy, do you bring back my my feelings of my childhood really? when I jumped on Harley Davidson's and ran yeah. to California and all that. Wow. You know, and that's how that came up. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Arthur's a great guy. He uh... Arthur is a great guy, and the reason I didn't mention him, honestly, is because he wasn't, you know, it wasn't... Yeah. Top of my list stuff, you know. No, I'm sorry that he, I'm no, sorry, you know. It's yeah. Okay. Uh, that's one of the common themes that I've found in talking with Arthur and learning about Sorrows, who I think are such a great band, is I mm-hmm. feel like they get left out of that CBGB history because that's such a, you know, that's such a precious well, time. In yeah, history. but the Sorrows were not a big part of the yeah. uh, okay. of, of the CBGB thing. Yeah. They came in, they came in on Monday nights, which was, yeah. you know. Audition yeah. nights. Yeah, makes sense. You know, okay. I mean, I'm not yeah. taking anything away from them, no, but yeah, they were not totally, right. they were not totally my taste, you know. Okay. okay. But I did the yeah. best I could with them. I yeah. wasn't there. All I know is the music I've come to enjoy. Yeah, I, 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 I understand. Music, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, so of course. I gotta, um, now, somebody else i got to ask you about is yeah. another Hilly, Hilly Michaels. 
Oh, my drummer at at some point, yes. Yes. So You know him also, too? I do, yeah, yeah. That's so he's funny. Show as well. He's such a nice man. Yeah. What's he him. doing these days? I hope he's all right. I yeah, he his health isn't the best. He lives in Connecticut. Uh. And uh, okay. he plays once in a while, you know, when people want to collaborate and stuff. Oh, he does um, play. Okay, good. Because, you know, he was an amazing drummer. Yeah, yeah. And he you mentioned know. that he had re- done a lot of recordings with you guys. And right. uh, mentioned specifically Ellie Greenwich, who's come up before on here, too. Did you know her or record something? Yeah, I knew Ellie Greenwich, but uh, I didn't I didn't work with her. Oh, didn't you? Okay. No, uh-uh. Okay. I but, you know... No, 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 no. I guess okay. maybe he worked with her. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, no, it wasn't with me, honey. No. And then the last one I got to mention, I don't know if you know Marge Raymond. She was the lead singer of a killer kind of bluesy rock band in the 70s called Flame. She didn't Flame. know. She said she hadn't met you personally, but she uh-huh. said all three of these people, by the way, mentioned that you were one of the best voices of the generation. And Aww. underappreciated, and uh, a big inspiration to them. They all loved you. So anyway, oh, I that's so to wonderful. Yeah, Thank I, you I, for uh, saying that. You know something? Since I since uh, the internet, I don't feel unappreciated anymore because <laughs> I have uh, I have five thousand fans on my site now that I I can't even stick anybody else on. Yeah. Yeah. And when I do a gig, which is once in a while, we pack uh-huh. the house. The Iridium in New York City was packed. I mean, they can't wait to get me back again. That's right. And there was a play, an off-Broadway play yeah. called Rock and Roll Refugee that was sold out two weeks straight. That's crazy. A play. And the play and the songs off Cheesecake Girl yeah. is the... It, Cheesecake Girl is my soundtrack to the play. Yeah. Girl, when you read the book, you'll understand all the songs I wrote on that are about my life story, like Let's well, Get Jack. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Cheesecake Girl and Cobblestones, Rolling yeah. Stones, about, you know, Goldie and the Gingerbreads. And, sure. You know, yeah, yeah, all of those songs. Yep. When did, when did your book come out? Well, okay, the first, um, I have a revised copy now that was just oh, put out last year. Okay, yeah, okay, and it's okay. Lollipop Lounge revised. Yep, yep. So, you know, it's got more pages and, of course, more editions because I didn't die when I ended the book. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I have more stories, so I put them in, and right. it's a revised. It was published by uh, Billboard Books, 
And my contract, which I'm glad to say, was only five years with them, and I couldn't wait to get it back because they didn't do shit. You know, they didn't do anything. They expected really? me to do everything. Yeah, and so when I got the book back, I said, you know what? I'm going to put it out myself. And that's exactly what I did. Good. So now it's on Amazon and iTunes, whatever, you know, Killer. it's it's yeah. out there. Good. Yeah. Okay. Good. Mm-hmm. I've heard really good things about it. Um, yeah, there's a documentary that uh, somebody's interested in doing, also a film on the book. So let's keep our fingers crossed yes. here, kiddo. Yeah. Deserve it. Awesome. Thank oh, you. Do you mind me asking? Yes, I do. <laughs> I'm not going to okay. tell you because I get nauseous. Oh, well, I when I say that. my age, I get sick to my stuff. I don't feel my age. I what? What do you say? You know you. You know you could find out. You know you could find out how old I am. I don't want you to. Don't. Too late. Too late. <laughs> oh no. Oh no, don't! I can't stand it. What? What is? It? Let me ask you something. Yeah. I used to see women in their forties, and they looked oh, older yeah. than me now. Yeah. Then I see people my age, and they look really old, and <laughs> I don't. No, I want to no. know what is going on. I don't know. You know. Okay. Here's here's my theory. Right? Well, yeah, I, oh, what? Yeah, tell, you, you tell no, me no, no, wait, wait, wait. What were you going to say? You live longer at what? I, was, I just think that, you know, advancements in medicine. But then, you know, I say that, and people's diets are worse. So as They are, yeah. Worse, our life yep. expectancy also grows. It shouldn't go hand in hand, but somehow it does. Right, right. Okay. Well. What's your theory? Uh, my theory is the minute I would hit the charts, I would get, I would look my age. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you have to remain an undergraduate. Well, then I, you know, I'm, you know what? I always say I'm a Polish Jew. You know, the Polish part, the the Jewish part of me wants to make money, and the Polish part won't let me. You know, so, <laughs> right. and it's the same thing. I don't look my age, but if I got a hit record, I would probably start looking my maybe, age. Maybe. So, well, and the other. Exact. Well, yeah. Well, le- less. <laughs> well, in a way, yeah. Street cred, then all the. And and then the there's another theory I have. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm in AA and I've been sober and clean for 22 years. Okay. Yeah. I have a feeling I was so pickled by the time mm-hmm. I came in. Right. <laughs> that I, it was like being in a jar of formaldehyde. Right, That's right. why I still. I'm telling you, what you see on my internet, on my Facebook page, is exactly uh-huh. what I look like today. Oh, I, I mean, I a lot of videos of you performing I, live. You yeah, I can't. Great. You look great. Yeah, I just want to drop about ten pounds, you know, uh, uh, maybe we more. We do, don't we? Yeah, well, no. I guess. <laughs> you, know, yeah. you can go back to, you know, putting pictures of your belly button back out there again. Oh, right? I'm gonna give you a belly button picture anyway. My oh, belly yeah. button's it's never good. changed. Oh, perfect. <laughs> Send it to me. I want to look at it. Send it to me. Stop it. Stop it. That's too fucking funny. Send it to me. Oh, you are funny. Okay. Yeah. Going kind of back on track. We'll get back on back to your career a little bit here. All right. So, okay. okay. So you start producing, and you, as we've stated, you did the you did the Dead Boys. Yeah. And then your first album, Urban Desire, comes out. Right. 
1978, the following year. Right. And it's incredible. It, I have a total it's, soft spot for that kind of glam, late 70s sound that Mick Ronson, yeah. Ian Hunter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and Lou Reed, and Lou Reed. Let's not forget Lou Reed sang on it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm so tired of your lying, trying to paint a pretty picture, boy. I tell you, those those were. I feel so bad for artists today. I got to tell you, yeah. I mean, because there is no music industry. You know, I mean, no. it's like really nothing happening. Nothing. It's all. Um, you know, it's like fast food. It, music now is like fast food. You know. Yeah. Um, don't get me wrong. There is talent out there. I I think there is a lot of talent out there. Mm-hmm. But the as far as the recording industry, see, I was around, and I was, it's funny because I was just talking to Ginger the other night my, from Goldie and the Gingerbreads, mm-hmm. my 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 drummer Ginger. We were talking about how lucky we were to be where we were at that time. The yeah. '60s was the time to be in England, which is what where we were. Yeah. It and then the ten wheel drive, you know, the late yeah. '60s. It was when the Fillmore was happening and music was happening and, you know, love, yeah. peace. And, I mean, I, it just just the times were so incredible that kids today are listening to older music because it, there's still magic in that, right, you know? Right, right. There's still magic in those years of music totally as opposed to now, you know? Totally agree, Yeah. 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 I'm you know, just so happy that I was there at the right time, you know? Sure. And, you know, I complete, I forgot to mention the 10-wheel drive portion. I hear you. I say I hear you. Every time I want you. Yeah, and every time I need you. Closer. I don't know where to find I think yeah. I read in another, or saw in another interview that you did, you guys were invited to play Woodstock, and your guys yes. turned it down? Yeah, my horn section turned it down, yeah, because there wasn't enough money. Oh, my gosh. Uh, tell me about it. They were canned. <laughs> they were all canned at one time. 
I fired five horn players at one time. Oh. By the way, I was the one that did all the firing. I, I, I almost started to get a Jones for it. I liked it. So you're the boss lady. <laughs> I could, yeah. I could see that, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're clearly sort of an, 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 an example of empowerment, self-empowerment. Aw, thank you. I mean, look at the – I mean, not only – you know, as much has been made about you being a woman in the rock and music industry, but – you weren't just a passenger. You were a no. Were a I was. A, I was a doer. Yeah, I was definitely a doer. You know, for someone to, it's like I dare you. You know, the yeah. dare. Yeah. For someone to say to me, uh, you know, uh, you know, you're just not going to do it. This is a big boys industry, and I. Right. So what the fuck are you saying? You yeah. know, all yeah. I want to do is have some fun and sing and get paid for it. I didn't. I didn't enter this thing to become a star. To me, a star, you know, I just wanted to make a living. Yeah. And the yeah. same with the girls, you know. And then, of course, when the animals had uh, number one record with House of the Rising Sun, mm -hmm. they came into the wagon wheel and saw Goldie and the Gingerbreads. And, you know, Eric Burden uh, almost had a climax. Number one, really? he thought... He thought not only did he not know it was a girls' band playing from the streets, uh -huh. but he thought it was a black chick singing. You know how he is about, yeah. uh, uh, you know, African-American singing, you know. I, I mean, R&B. Yeah, so he, they came in. So not only was I not black, but this was an all-girl band. Yes. This was like unheard of. Yeah. Okay. And so, yeah, they brought us back to England when we toured with the Stones and the Yardbirds and all of that. Now, by then, I said, okay, so maybe we could have a hit record. Yeah. Listen, yeah. let me tell you, I was making more money before uh, discovered, let's call Early. it discovered yeah. by them. I come home from a gig and buy a car, okay? Yeah. That's incredible. Because we'd work two weeks, three weeks, or maybe a month in one place, six days a week. That's amazing. Five shows a night. And there's enough <laughs> of a crowd that they will come out and see you. Absolutely. We, you know? we, oh, my God. We, we, had, we had lines around the block coming to see us. Wild. You know, we come yeah. from the days where, you know, there was no such thing as I'm horse. Sure. You know, I can't yeah. sing because I yeah, just spent an hour you. singing. Screw you. Go yeah. spray your throat with something and get back up here. You know, yeah. So I come from a pretty tough, I was brought up on the Lower East Side. I was a punk. I, I couldn't speak English. I learned how to speak English through music. And, uh, you know, I come from Poland. And so being seven years old at the time and learning music through you know, learning English mostly through music, that was like embedded in me then, you know, yeah, and uh, yeah. that's why I was able to get up and sing without knowing a key or anything else about right. it. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, and, we, and Goldie and the Gingerbreads, were they honestly the first all-girl band? First female band signed label? to a major label, yeah. That is, that's history. That's crazy. Well, uh, yeah, we are called pioneers. Of course, yes, we got, we yes. even got for women in music, we got pioneer awards for that, yes, and we're also good. in uh, Hall of Fame Museum. Yeah, oh, that's right. Oh yeah, yes. yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So okay, so I got to ask you some questions that the listener who requested that I bring you on the show asked me. Yeah. His name's Tony Spriglia. I hope I said that right, Tony. Oh, Tony Spriglia. What a beautiful guy he is. Yeah. You know him? 
Sure I do. Really? Wow. Yeah. He, uh, he what, what did he say? Well, he asked me, okay, let me see. So the first question is, why is there no Goldie in the Gingerbread CD compilation anywhere? Okay. He always asks me that. Because <laughs> if it's the same Tony Spriglia, I've known for years, he's a I good fan. That's he's a big name. fan. Yeah. Anyway, um, the reason for that is, Decca Records in England, not in the States. In the States, okay. it was Atlantic Records. Okay. Atlantic, just like Universal with Urban Desire and everything else, are not giving us back our rights. And we're going to wind up going to court for this. Oh, okay? Really? Yeah, because you're not, you can't hold on more than a, a certain amount of years. They can't. Yeah. So I have to get myself a good, sharp lawyer. You know, the thing yeah. is, it's been about funds. Who can afford lawyers today, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. To, to go out and fight them on this? Yeah. That's why there's no, uh, you know, Goldie and the Gingerbreads records out. It doesn't make any and, sense. It's just sitting there, you know? Uh, well, you know, we don't have a full album. We were only making singles at the time. What I could put out, what I could put out is about nine or ten songs, yeah. I did find on YouTube, if anyone's listening, there is a Goldie yeah. and the Gingerbread, 1964 to 1966. Um, it's a bunch of your songs kind of strung together in one 41-minute right. span. You would have right. to go in there to find it. But, yeah, there should be a, there should be a CD. That music is just sitting in someone's vault somewhere. I know. It's nothing. ridiculous. It's totally right? ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. But you know what? I, I am thinking about it, and my lawyer, my friend, who's a lawyer as well, said to me, put it out anyway, Ganya, and yeah. see who comes after you. Yep, you're not the first person you know? to mention that exact thing on here. Yeah, yep. yeah exactly. Okay. All right, so he had so. a second question. In yeah. 1979, when the album And I Mean It came out, it was mm -hmm. among the many solo female rock albums released at the time. Pat mm -hmm. Benatar's first album was the one that hit big. How mm -hmm. did you feel that here you had been recording for so long and paved the way? Not good. Not good. Yeah. I fought them all the way. I really? fought the industry. Not the industry. And I have to tell you something. There were some hip radio stations that were adding Urban Desire, and I mean it. It was the most added album. Really? It was me and Springsteen were the oh, biggest wow. ad added, okay? Killer. Let me tell you what exactly happened. What really happened, and when you read the book, you'll see. Uh -huh. 20th century, while I was climbing the charts, 20th century Fox Records folded yeah, that's I had a what feeling happened. you were going to say that. Uh, that's uh. what happened. And I'll never forget, I got a call. It was about, well, you know, I mean, that's when I really started drinking. Oh, I got really? a call about 1130 at night from L.A. Yeah. My promo guy said, Genya, I hate to tell you this. Everyone was fired. I am no longer oh, your promotion guy. The label is going under. And you are the most added record oh. for two months in a row. Oh, which song specifically? Oh, back in my arms again what from uh, Urban Desire yeah. was was did very well, but at Jerry's Pigeons. Oh, 
Yeah, really. Jerry's Pigeons was doing so well, and The Night Ain't Long Enough was doing so well. Yeah, good stuff. Shadow Boxing was being played like crazy. Junk Man with Ian Hunter was yeah. being played like crazy. The Southside girls, they told me that you were high as fire. And I remember every word you said when you told me I'd get burned. I said, don't worry, baby, I'll just live and learn. I should have listened to the junk man. I should have listened to the junk man. I should have listened to the junk man when he sang. I should have listened to the junk man. But now I to pay. It's a sin to taste of love and lose it. Hold on, boy, don't let go. But I don't want to beg, 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 I don't want to beg your love. I'm never going to beg your love. An English boy once said to me how he knew you just as well. He said you never learned our language much, but you knew enough to tell. Should have listened to your junk man. Should have listened to your junk man. Should have listened to your junk man when he sang. Should have listened to your junk man. But now we've got to pay. It's a sin to taste the love and lose. I mean, I had fans that sang all my lyrics in front of me. I couldn't believe it. They were singing it to me in the streets. I should have listened to the jump man, you know, and I'm going, oh, my God, you know. And my label fucking folds. Then came Pat Benatar. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you barely missed. Who else is on yeah. 20th Century Fox at the time that's now out of... Oh, God, many, many people. Oh, God, I can't remember. Okay. Uh, you know up. what? Look it up because it's got to be okay. there. You know, okay. 20th Century Records. Take yeah. a look. You know, take a look. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. But, uh, one more question. Go ahead, After baby. This, okay, thanks. After this, in 1980, you formed your own label, Polish Records. Polish Records. Oh, Polish. I thought it was Polish. Spells like Polish. That's why I did it, you know? <laughs> That's why I did it. I, I modeled my I modeled I modeled my label after Stiff Records. Yeah, because yeah. you know that T shirt, if it ain't stiff, it ain't worth a fuck. <laughs> so my my T shirts were Polish oh. is not a joke in the front. Yeah. And then it yeah. said, Who do I fuck to get off this label? <laughs> My, I tell you, the DJs wanted my merch more than anything. And then I sent out little tiny jock straps to all the yeah. DJs. Really? And I said, and I stamped support Polish records on it. Oh man, that is great. <laughs> yeah, this is all my merchandising ideas. Yep. That's killer. Well, and all right, so you were asking me about Polish yeah. Records, Dad. Well, so, okay, so Polish Records, you put out the Ronnie Spector <laughs> album and stuff, but it didn't last very long, and he was wondering, you know, just as MTV is starting to kind of take hold, 
you sort of have to close up shop. Was it because okay. was it the well, drugs? Was it the money? What was Okay. What let let me tell you let me tell you exactly what it is with no shame. Okay. Cuz that was the sign of the times. That label should have been called Cocaine Records. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. You get the message? Yep. I had a partner that backed it. And I don't want to yep. tell you where that money came from. Watch Breaking Bad. <laughs> you <laughs> <know>. <laughs> <laughs> All right? That's where my money came from. That is so good. And my partner, I want to kill him still, yeah. Uh, yeah. used to have my my rock groups uh, deliver for him. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was definitely cocaine records. Okay. And I remember my, my I was I was tapped already, you know, and, and yeah. uh, I remember my lawyer at that time said, Genya, just leave. Walk out now really yeah he says you're going to wind up in prison not him you oh boy because you're known and he isn't you know so So what what happens then so you've had you know a 20-year run here basically from doo-wop girl groups to blues to punk and glam and now your own label and rock jazz don't forget the rock jazz with 10 wheel drive well, yeah. That's what I meant kind of by blues, but you're right. Yeah, oh, okay. Even better. Okay. Yeah. And here it's the early '80s, and it kind of. What do you do after that? I know you get clean, or you work on getting clean years later. Well, but... I did work on getting clean. Um, the '80s are a lost time for me. Um, right. Yeah. Well, that was the bottoming time for me in, okay. in alcohol and drugs. And then I made a geographic. Uh, change thinking, you know, that I, I'm going to leave all it. I was very, very jaded, okay? Yeah. I was very jaded, and uh, I thought I quit the business. I was going to quit the business anyway because I got very tired of reinventing myself, you know? I believe it, yeah. And it, to- it took a lot. It took a lot. And so between the booze and the drugs, I had moved upstate uh, New York, Mm-hmm. And um, tried marriage, and of course that didn't work. Mm, I was drunk, and I woke up in the morning and said, "Who the fuck is this?" <laughs> and no. it was only my husband. Oh. And uh, you know, so I came to and uh, uh-huh. tried to work on my sobriety. Got my divorce and uh, stayed upstate for a while. Then I got very sick. That's why you mm. need to read my book. I got lung yeah, cancer. Oh, I read about. You know? I- saw that in other places yeah okay. yep okay. and they gave me like three to six months to live in 1990 yeah and uh if it wasn't for my sister god rest her soul and her husband uh taking me to sloan kettering oh, i really? may have listened to the other doctors and thought okay then i'm a goner but you know i fought my my uh my doctor at sloan kettering still says to me when i say Thank you for saving my life. They say to me, you know what they say to me? Kenya, you saved your life. You don't remember how hard you worked. Wild, really? So this is the same thing as the music industry. I worked real hard because I saw what I wanted, and I worked hard. The outcome is not up to me, baby. I threw the dice. Sure. Yeah. But I, I was in there long enough to throw the dice. That's why when a chick says to me, how do you get into the music business, I really can't help but get mad. Yeah. Say, work for it, baby. <laughs> exactly. Work for yeah, it. Do. Just yeah. go work for it. Stop asking for shortcuts. That's right. That's so you know, 
You know, I mean, yeah, I had to become better than the boys. I had to. You know, I had to prove myself all the time. Yeah. But I didn't mind. It made me better. Well, and you were you became a an underground legend for it. You know, I was watching that new yeah. clip that they oh. from 1977 of you. You know, the, the, the local news in New York, yeah, does that piece oh. on you, which is fascinating. Anyone who's yeah. listening should go check that out. Just fascinating. But the thing I think <laughs> is really interesting about that is that it makes a big thing, and it is still a big deal that you were a female record producer, especially in the punk genre. But I right. think it's kind of sad that there's still that's still a unique thing. I was watching. It is. It is. I don't know of any other female. I don't know. I don't know if I know too many other female record producers. Still to yeah. this day, let alone one yeah, that ta- would be. Able I'll tell to you something. Death, right? Well, you know what it is. Women were producing themselves, like maybe Joni Mitchell or yeah, you know whatever. Yeah. But but nobody went out to produce somebody else, you know. Yeah. And uh, you know, so listen, I if. I'm a rocker, and if you give me a rock and roll band, I know what to, yeah. what to do with them. I don't take anything away. I enhance what they are. That's yeah. all. Uh, yeah. But but the enhancing, you know, it takes it takes a lot of courage, a lot of balls, and and a lot of work. You know. Yeah. I believe it. Yeah. It's, yeah, a lot of work. And now I'm an I'm a DJ. I work with Little Stevens yes. on the okay, Ground so Garage. That's, yes, that's it, the next thing and, I wanted to ask you about. When did that yeah. start happening? Now, let me tell you what I did. I started a show called Goldie's Garage on there that features only unsigned bands. Now, you know that I'm doing that for a reason. These bands that don't get signed because there's no business out there anymore, they should hear themselves on a radio. It'll make them better. Oh, that's good for you. You know, so that's why I I have that show. Then I have Chicks and Broads, where I play only women. For me, this is like my, uh, that's like my lifetime dream, you know, is to play all the women from R&B, you know, from Brenda Lee. I just interviewed Brenda Lee. What a sweetheart. What a sweetheart she is. Unbelievable. Inside and out, that chick just, she's proof. That when when you're good, you're just good. Yeah, period. I believe it. You know, I it. she's yeah. just wonderful and so humble, so humble. That's and um, and I think that's a great trait. You know, that vulnerability. Yeah. That, because if you're going to be a creative person, stay vulnerable if you can. Yeah. But you got to know when to be tough too. You know what I'm True. saying? Especially on the so, side, yeah. 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 So here's how Little Stevens Underground Garage happened. Um, at the first. I was called to do some, um, um, oh, what do you call it? Some uh, uh, little Stephen. This is this is Goldie from Goldie oh, and the yeah, Gingerbread. Yeah. Listen to yeah, yeah. This yeah. is kind of like a call thing, you know. Sure. And so I did that. And the next thing, um, I see that little Stephen comes and sees me live with my group over at the Cutting Room in New York nice. City. So that was wonderful. Uh-huh. We started to talk, and then the next thing, from what I understand, he and Kid Leo, a wonderful DJ, I don't know if you ever heard of him, Kid Leo name, was, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, big, big time, big mm-hmm. time DJ, and um, they spoke about, well, how about, you know, Genya Raven doing a radio show for us, mm-hmm. 
That's how it started. Then I had a, yeah, and we both thought of it at the same time. They were going to call me. I called them with the idea of chicks and broads. Little Stephen flipped over that idea. Then a couple of months later, I said, Stephen, let's have another meeting. I have another idea. And we got together, and I told him I'd love to do uh, just for unsigned bands. And he insisted I call it Goldie's Garage. So I thought he was right. He's yeah. right. He wanted yeah. to keep the name alive. You know, he yeah. wants to keep the name alive. And now I also have a uh, a quarterly show called Goldie After Dark, which is I'm starting uh, to do interviews again. Oh, really? I did Legs McNeil because he just put oh, out his uh, Please right. Kill Me Again. Yeah. He put that out, um, okay. revised. Uh-huh. And uh, then then Brenda Lee, which I just did an interview with her. That'll air soon. Okay. And now I'm talking to Connie Francis. Um, oh, and then I'm doing all chick musicians roundtable. A lot of the chicks from Boston, oh, you know, like Wendy excellent. Wendy Case and, and also Ginger from Goldie and the Gingerbreads. Yeah. Just chick musicians roundtable. And I'll do that. And uh, we'll see what else. Interesting. Yeah. Put, if you don't know who Marge Raymond is, I should put you in touch with her. She was an amazing singer, a lot like you, blues. Really? In fact, she, um, uh, like Clarence, I mean, you talk about Little Steven and the, the connection there. Clarence Clemens yeah. played on one of Flame's albums and uh-huh, she's really uh-huh. tight with the Aerosmith guys. Anyway. Oh, really? You know, I bet I know her. You probably do. Anyway. You know what? Shoot her my email, why don't I you? Know. I will. Yeah, please do. Yeah. You guys would be you guys would love each other. Oh, um, well, that would be great. So, you got now so have you been primarily uh, first of all, one more personal question after your divorce back sure. in the 80s, did you ever get married again? No. no. But okay. I am I for the first time in my sober life, I do have a relationship with somebody. Oh, good. Um, okay. yeah, and I've been with him for 10 years, but and we are talking marriage, we'll see. <laughs> never too late yeah. is it wow. no it's never too late baby of Amazing. course not Good yeah yeah he yeah. asked me to marry him and i flipped i said wow you know really? yeah yeah look mm-hmm. at you all romantic <laughs> he's younger than i am but you really? know hey well, i always that. liked younger guys sure. oh believe me i can, I don't doubt <laughs> you can. No uh, so, yeah so primarily then how have you for the last like we'll say 30, 35 years or so, how have you primarily made a living? Did you ever have to do anything outside of music? Go get a regular job? or have you? Uh, I did. I did do a regular job. Yeah, you need to read my book because I can't possibly tell you why I got this job without going through 9 million things. Oh, boy. I did get a 9 to 5. My very first 9 to 5 was for an award company. They make awards. Oh, so I told okay. them I would work there if they made me an award. <laughs> they did. Nice. You're the employee of the month, every month. Yeah. No, an award <laughs> saying, you know, put oh, fuck okay. in it, you know. Oh, yes, right. all right. <laughs> yeah, I fucking made it, you know, that nice. kind of thing. Yes, so, yes. Anyway, um, yeah, I did, and it was a good thing I did that, believe me. Okay. That's okay. what started my health care and everything Good. else. Good. How long yeah. did you do that? A year. Oh, that's it, huh? And then back Yeah, that was it. Okay. Huh? 
Back well, to- yes and no. You know, working a lot with Hilly Crystal, he had me on salary, so. Okay, okay good. You know, I was running his label for him at the time. Got it. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm just always curious. One of the things that I try to touch on on the podcast is how, you know, the artists that we love, we, we you know, rock You wonder about it, yeah. yeah exactly. You wonder, how do they pay their bills? And I understand and that, yeah, how do they yeah. pay their bills and right. very carefully. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's yeah. But, you know. Great. You know? Oh, absolutely. You know, wow. I tell you, I, there were many, many years of being broke. Very many years of being broke. And that's why I say you got to read my book because it was right. like one thing led to another, to another, to another. And it's a very interesting thing, and uh, you'll see when you read it. Okay, I'm going to buy it when we get off. I, I, yeah, uh, Amazon. That's where it's the cheapest. It. Got it. Got the it. Cheesecake Girl, yep. I'm on it. No, I mean Lollipop, Lollipop Lounge. Lounge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew. I knew. I've been doing my homework. Yeah, you do. So, I want your belly button. All right, go ahead. What? <laughs> I'll show you mine if you show me yours. Again. All right, that's yeah. exactly right. We should get a T-shirt like that again. Yes, yes, okay. Yes. Uh, okay, so you got to tell me some stories. you got to tell me, I mean, what are just and, – and I have a feeling you have a head full of stories that you aren't going to tell. So what are the stories that you're willing to tell? And they can um, have been in your book or maybe something that's not in the book. But, I mean, you've got to fill me in. Stories about what? I don't know. Like big shows that you played? Did you ever meet any heroes? You've had so many incredible people like Lou Reed and everybody play on your albums. What was? You well, know, what, what are these people like? Oh, <laughs> They're normal human beings that yeah. have talent. That's it. <laughs> okay. We're just, okay. we, you know, I, yeah. I don't really have, the only one that ever knocked me out was this woman, Louise, who sang for the hearts. That was when I went, uh, 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 uh. as far as Mick Jagger, who cared? Jeff really? Beck, who cared? Yardbirds, who cared? They were people to me. Hey, they were looking at me like I was a star there. Oh, I believe it. Okay. I believe it. You know, and and they couldn't believe what they were touring with either. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, you know, it's it's no big secret. Okay, so uh, Jagger and I got it on, you got know. It. But I mean, it's like, you know, what's what's the big deal? You know what I'm saying? Sure. It's it's like anybody else, you know. Well, but uh, it's not like anybody my, else because well, not my, many people have gotten it on with Mick Jagger. Well, yeah, but (laughs) yeah, exactly. (laughs) Or me. Well, wait a minute. There's a few that have had me. No. (laughs) But the average person has to live, you know, these fantasies through you, or through Mick. Yeah, right. No, you know, for years people were saying, "Did you make it with Mick? Did you make it with Mick?" And I thought, Uh "Are you going to live through that? (laughs) You know, are you just like..." This gonna make your day. Why? You know, what are you? Are you gonna ask me what size his dick is? I'm not telling you. Uh, I, I kind of don't want to know because I'm. I, I kind of don't want to know. No, no, okay. Yeah, I don't want to ruin it for you right now. I'm not saying no. No, don't get it wrong. Uh, I tell you, I wouldn't even remember. How's that? Okay. Okay. All right. That's so funny. Um, but you know what? Everybody is a human being, and that's as far as that goes. There's no, 
You know, the only one that threw me for a loop when I met him and I, and I left me speechless was Peter Sellers. You know, really? I, oh my God, oh, I he's like. Thought about that. Oh my God, he. When I met him in England, I just went, Oh my God, I love this man. Really? Um, and that's in my book as well. There are okay. stories in there that you know you might want to ask me I about, which is fine. You know, um, I don't mind talking about it. But as far as anything that really sticks out, honestly, no. Okay. I think I've worked with everybody on the scene in, from the oh, 60s okay. to the 70s. Yeah. I mean, I did the Atlanta Pop Festival with Janis Joplin, and 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 uh, I mean, you name it, I've worked with them. Yeah. yeah. You know, you yeah. name it, I've worked with them. There were stories in there, you know. I just had an, in- yeah, yeah. So, you know, I'm not being curt or anything, but honestly, I don't have stories that are exciting to me, but they might be to you. So, uh, you know what I'm saying? I that's why I had a book out, you know. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I gotta go read the book then. Um, Please do, and I want I you will. to stay in touch with me. I will. For sure. Oh my gosh, you're right. And you ask very good questions. And oh, I like the you. way you run this. Yeah, I like what you're doing. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Thanks a lot. Okay. I, got I one do. Question for you. Sure. Okay. Since and hopefully this isn't in your book. Maybe it is. What is well, your biggest regret? When you look back, is there is there something um, that if it had been something that just went um, a little differently, things would have gone? Yeah. Out? Yeah. I've got I've got two regrets. Oh, interesting. Big okay. ones. Okay. One of them is leaving Ten Wheel Drive before the miracle, because oh. we were we were on our way. Yeah. And the other was um, hiring a certain person. And well, then you know what you were. This this is personal, so it doesn't okay. even matter. It wouldn't matter to you. Yeah, I've got one regret that I left Ten Wheel Drive before the miracle. Really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. You know, I feel like Ten Wheel Drive is one of those bands that's sort of been lost to history. I don't know if there's even – did their stuff even come out on CD? Yeah. Well, oh, yeah, the best, the best of, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, okay. Yeah, uh-huh. Because, um, you know, that's, it's such a good band, and yet you don't hear them talk about You know, it was a band that was about to explode, and I left way too early. You know? Uh, you yeah. Have, you wouldn't have, do you think you still would have produced the Dead Boys and done Urban? Oh, you know, who knows? You, you know, your whole life is one foot in front of the other, really. Who knows? And also, one door opens, another closes. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, true. honestly, who knows? You know, yeah. who knows? Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, could have been discovered and been one of the leading yeah. roles of Hollywood today. Who knows? You who know? Knows? Did you Who knows, baby? Doing any acting? Was that a yes. Kind of an yes. Really? I still love acting. Yes, I did uh, study at the American uh, Playhouse, really? uh, the American Theater in New York City. I studied with them, and and the owner, um, not the owner, the the main teacher, the the guy that owns it, um, okay. put me in a play, off Broadway play, as uh, a lead, which was way too hard for somebody that's never done a play before right. i had to remember i had to memorize all these lines it was so scary i hated it uh it was called big mother and i was okay. big mother okay and my opening my opening line in in, in the play was eat it <laughs> i thought that was good <laughs> 
yeah. I almost forgot. Why were you on the Tonight Show? That's a, that's well, a deal. I saw that picture of you sitting next to talking to Jimmy yeah, Carson. Yeah. When was I on there? Uh, is that what you just asked me, baby? Yeah, why? When? Why were you oh. on there? And when? Why? Because they wanted me on there. <laughs> no, I know. But, I mean, were, what were you going – were you going on to promote something or talk about – Oh, no. Uh, just a personality, rock and okay. roll personality. That was it. Okay. Yeah. What And was that – I want to say, was that like 71? That was 71. That was about right after uh, – yeah, that was right okay. after I okay. left 10-wheel drive. Yep. Oh, got it. Okay. Okay. Yep. What was that? I mean – what, did Johnny Carson, did you talk to him at all outside? Oh, yeah. Not before the interview, but he, um, from what I understand, he really, really loved, you know, it was a very funny thing when I sat on the panel. Some okay. singers just get on and sing. I He he heard I was funny, so he, you know, and he heard I was yeah. a talker, Good. so he put me on the panel, and I told him a story about Goldie and the Gingerbreads, and my my uh, bass player getting pregnant and, you know, and the whole thing. He laughed so hard that I was asked back, and this is unbeknownst to me. I found out later, Joey Bishop wanted me on with his show, and they poo-pooed it, my management. Why? I have no idea. Why? They thought it was true. Because Clive Davis thought that I didn't come on like Janis Joplin. In other words, he wanted another Janis Joplin, okay? Well, and I was I was just too up and too funny and too this and too that, and he got pissed off. Really? Why? Yeah, because I was just too too well, very not serious. He exactly. Uh, that's and and I said, you know, he thinks he signed another Janis Joplin. He's out of his rocker. Yeah. Because wow. I'm, you know, we're nothing alike. Right. No, I understand why people compared us. Okay, I do understand that because right. we had that gutsy, you know, yeah. both of us do and uh, singing right from the, you know, the heart. Yeah. And uh, and I understand that. But my personality and hers were totally is uh, day and night. You know, we yeah. were day and night. So. I think everyone just conveniently lumps women with those. That's what they do all the time. Exactly. I can't stand it. Even though they're very different. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God, I can't stand that. With that, that, yeah. that hurt my career more than it helped. Oh, you know? that's too bad. So too bad. yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. One other thing. What happened with the going back single? Because I love oh. your version better than the Dusty Springfield version.
absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that, that it was a dusty and, and goldy argument. Uh, not an argument, but, okay, here's what happened. She had the song forever, okay, and never uh, cut it. Andrew Aldham played me the song, and he says, I think you should do this song. It's Carol King. Nobody's recorded it. Let's do it. I do it and change some of the lyrics because I didn't like all the lyrics. But I wasn't looking for, like, you know, a right, writer's right. credit or money or anything. So what happened is when Dusty heard my version, she flipped out, called Carol King, and says, Goldie, change the lyrics on there, too, just so you know. And then Carol King said, I'd like to hear what Goldie did with it. So when she did that, I got very high and mighty and pissy, uh, and I said to Andrew, fuck this song. Right. And that's oh, how that... Oh, that's too bad. So I hurt, my, I hurt myself. There's my second uh, feeling sorry, okay. you know, with that I question. That. There's my second one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I should have never... I should have... Yeah, and, and you know what? He did such a great job in producing that. Yeah. Andrew, you know? So, yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree with Thanks. you. I like okay. that song. Yeah. Well, Genya, this was so much fun. Thank you so much for talking to me. Oh, honey, anytime. I hope that people find your book, find your music, find your story, Thank whatever. Thank you. Um, you're a legend. And it, I am Thank so you. Yeah. Oh, I'm grateful that you thought about me and the people that called in for me. And exactly. just love you all and love you, darling. And listen, well, thank you. stay in touch with me, okay? I will. I will, absolutely. You're the best. And Thank kisses you. to my fans. You're the best. Okay. <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you later. I want your belly button. Bye. Right. There you have it, Genya Raven. Can you believe that, lady? She's the best. I love those stories. Now, she didn't want me to mention it, but I'm going to do it here anyway. I don't care. That energetic, vibrant lady is turning 77 years old this week. Her birthday is Wednesday the 19th. Can you believe that? Happy birthday, Genya. Those were great. And I hope you guys will check out her book, The Lollipop Lounge. It's a lot of fun. Tony, once again, you nailed it with this pick. Thank you very much for sending this in. Now, I wasn't quite sure what to close out the show with, but everybody knows I love soundtrack songs. And this is a song she had on the soundtrack to the movie The Warriors. Remember that? Warriors come out to play. This is Love is a Fire off that soundtrack. It's so good. All right. Once again, if you're a regular listener and you have not done so yet, please go in and write us a quick review, good or bad, I don't care. It helps us get more noticed, it helps us get better numbers, helps us get better guests. Subscribe. You can like us on Facebook. You can uh, communicate with me on there if you want. You can send me an email at thehustlepod at gmail.com, or you can find us on Twitter at thehustlepod. We will have a new episode next week. Another guy I've loved for a long time. I'm really excited for you to hear this one. And uh, hope you'll all come back next week. Thank you, Yen the Man, for everything that you do. We will talk to you all next week. Take care, everybody.